0: The Hoops Temple Podcast, y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz, and at this point, y'all know Aaron. Actually, probably all know Aaron more than you know me, because, what, you got like 25,000 followers on TikTok? Something like that, something like that. Yeah, y'all know Aaron. I'm Nathan. Good to see you, Nathan. Good to see you, too. Well, we're back. We're trying to get through... 151 to 176 all time could you imagine if this wasn't all time we're just trying to rank 151 to 176 for like next season maybe we should we got to we got to top
1: 90 last time we tried to get to 100 but we ended up falling just one podcast short and we didn't want to do a 90 through 100 podcast so we just left it at 90
0: yeah yeah well maybe this next year we can do like top 150 really start getting into the taurian princes and the casey yeah at that point
1: (laughs) at that point maybe we (laughs) should
0: well so the way we do this is we went through and we ranked each position top 50 and you cannot nominate a player for this rankings of top 100 or top 200 until we have gotten through the guy above them by position so we've got the five positions the five nominees currently at center we have brad daughtry we have power forward marie stokes small forward chet walker shooting guard walter davis and point guard matt calvin Sounds what an like, exciting group yeah sounds like last time we were really leaning towards marie stokes do we just want to knock him off first and put him up there at 151 or do you have someone else you want to have higher i like that idea because he we really
1: were it seemed it seemed weird to
0: change our mind now because
1: we really considered him for 150 uh um, although we did didn't we pull joe folks no, he was he was already ranked above above Stokes prior to that. Let's let's do Stokes at at fifty one, and uh, and we'll get it started just like that. Stokes the just three years in the in the NBA, nineteen fifty six to fifty eight, but it's an it's an incredible three seasons. It's three time All Star, three time All NBA, a rebounding title, Rookie of the Year, three time second team All NBA. He leads them. He averages 16 points per game and 17 boards with five assists on top of that. He's just absolutely stuffing the stat He's really an incredible player before he gets he gets hurt pretty tragically hitting his head on the court, ending his
0: basketball. Yeah, it was a mix-up with Vern Mickelson, uh, who we also ranked yesterday. So, you know, some more top 200 names in the mix. But, yeah, you said it, it's a brief career. It's three seasons. But in those three seasons, he goes 7th, 6th, and 5th in MVP voting. And points per game, he is 10th, 13th, 15th. In rebounds, he is first, second, second. And in assists, he is eighth, third, and third. Like, hey, top 10 in scoring, top three in rebounding, top two in rebounding, and top you know 10 in assists. Like that that's brief, but what else do you want? The guy was destined to be an MVP, destined to be a probable champion. Um, and we never got to see it. But Of the guys we've got remaining, I don't think we have anyone that hits the peak, that three-year level of a Murray Stokes.
1: That's true. Just at this level, if you could even get to the level Stokes did, I think you're in great shape for this ranking. Because we are talking about guys that were on-again, off-again, all-stars, that maybe made one all-NBA team. Um, And I do think that's important.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys who, you know, if you were playing next to some other guys, they could be good, they could be great. Stokes was the guy that you would put these other guys next to. That's true. With Stokes off the board, that introduces Dennis Rodman, the seven-time rebounding champion, the two-time all-star, two-time defensive player of the year, two-time all-NBA player, eight-time defensive player, and did I say five-time champion? I'm not sure because you cut out a little bit there. You
1: just you paused for a second. You may have said it, but he is a five-time champion. That's correct. Someone that we've gotten heat for in the past. I think the thing with Rodman is, and we'll we'll sing his praises when he is ranked, but it seems lower than he should be. Because when I first did my, my top 75 on TikTok, I posted that. I think Rodman is in the 60s. And that's just kind of honoring how good he is at rebounding, how specialized he is at defense. But I a thing I was missing is, um, despite how good he was at rebounding, despite how good he was at defense, he's still just a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA a competition to be a competition between the players to see who's the best is the all-star game is all nba for robin just to say he's the best rebounder doesn't make him better than all stars that weren't as good at rebounding it is tough to look at that and say he won all these rebounding titles that's just insane and how is he so low but he wasn't scoring he's just rebounding he's just rebounder
0: we saw the similar thing with jerry lucas who fell way back for us As opposed to where he normally is in these type of rankings, rebounding in and of itself is, it isn't that valuable. You got to be doing other things. And Rodman is playing defense where we shouldn't limit him to being just a rebounder. But if you look at his finalist numbers, or really his, his playoff runs, he is on amazing teams, but it's not like he is the driving force. 96 Bulls, you might say, is the one exception. But when he's with the Pistons, he's coming off the bench, and they have an amazing front line. He's maybe the fifth most impactful Piston. You know, the 97, 98 Bulls, those two years, you might say he's third. He probably is third. But there's Pippen, and there's Jordan, and then there is a chasm between him, Ron Harper, Tony Kukoc. You know, the, it, it he's third, but it, it's not like a one, two, three. It is a one, two. Jump three, four, five.
1: He absolutely helped teams win championships. And without him, there are some teams that would have not won titles. And I absolutely agree with that. But still in the playoffs, 169 games averaging six points and ten boards. It's six points and ten boards of great defense, just like anyone else. Yep. And it's and I've said before I've used this, but it's not special, awesome Dennis Rodman six points and ten boards. It's the six same points, six 10 points and tens boards. boards that anyone else could get. And while it's still important, Let's not get too crazy. Um, would you like to nominate Dennis Rodman here? Or are you interested in somebody else?
0: I had Rodman down at 158. I had him at 157.
1: So let's wait a little bit then. Okay. Who is your nomination? I had Walter Davis from the, the shooting guard category, though he plays some some small forward as well. Um, Davis is good for a really long time. From 1978 to 19, all the way up to 1990 with Phoenix for 11 seasons and four seasons with Denver. He's 20 points a game. with four assists and three boards on 51% shooting. That's really impressive longevity. And these are pretty good teams. He plays in 78 playoff games, averages 18.6 points per game in the playoffs from 78 to 91, missing the the playoffs a few years. But still, I think it's it's a long time of pretty good production. Mm -hmm. He makes six all-star teams, two NBA teams. He's rookie of the year. He even starts his career with four straight all-star appearances. I'm all for it. How do you feel about it?
0: I love it. I did some fun research on him. Do you want to hear... Two cool facts about him. Please. So initially he was hesitant to switch from being a forward to being a guard, uh, because he didn't feel that he was the best ball handler. And do you know who talked him into being a shooting guard? I do not, who is it? George Gervin. He said it'll not extend really. your career. He said it'll you know, ball handling is not that difficult. Well, yeah, he went to the great George Gervin for the advice and got that from him. Second cool fact about him is that he's the youngest of thirteen children.
1: Oh, the youngest. How cool is that?
0: Yeah. He's kind of got known as Mister Agreeable, you know, kind of a people pleaser, but also just like willing to work hard and do whatever his coach said. In '82, after being a four time All Star, he's coming off the bench. You know, he had a bit of an injury, and so to come back, come off the bench in the first round, they're in the playoffs. He's playing. I want to say it was Denver. He averages like twenty two points in twenty four minutes off the bench including 30 points to lead the team in the, the elimination game, the closeout game, him to win it for them. So I like it. I think, um, you know, he, he's not going to be remembered for a lot of things. It was kind of hard to find that special moment in his career. But I can give you just a little bit of a one. In 1984, he averages 25
1: points per game and six and a half assists, 36 minutes a game. And the, the Suns make the conference finals. They push the Lakers to six in those conference finals. That's something that that's an impact you can yeah. tangibly see. All special right. nomination after Walter Davis for the shooting guard category because it's Demar Derozan, someone who's playing right now.
0: We will get to Demar Derozan sooner yeah, than will. you might think. We will for sure. Would you like to carry on then? Sure. My next nomination uh, is going to be Matt Calvin, the point guard for the ABA. He played for actually quite a few different teams. He definitely got his start with the Los Angeles Stars. It's kind of where he broke out. He was kind of considered too small to play in the NBA, but when he got to the The ABA, when he tried out for them, he was just lightning fast. He's described as one of the fastest guys in the league. They say that he is faster dribbling the ball than most players are in an all-out sprint. Uh, But the most impressive thing about him was that he had this just insane stamina. You know, he never got tired. He is second in assists and eighth in points in ABA history. So good for a long long stretch of time. He is a five-time all-star, multi-time all-ABA first-teamer uh in the 70s he helps the stars make the ABA finals after them being pretty bad the year before in 69 they were really bad uh and then in 75 he's third in MVP voting while leading the league in assists he does have a major drop off when he gets to the NBA but he had this quad injury uh the year before and Virginia was like on the verge of collapsing as a franchise and we're like hey we really need you to come back and he's like yeah when wilt had this injury he took a year and a half off from basketball when I had the quad injury, I played like a month later. So kind of ruined my career. I needed to do it to keep the league afloat.
1: Yeah, you can definitely see the the drop-off happen. But the other interesting thing is there's the injury, and then at that point, he's, he's 29 and hurt. And that that ABA to NBA transition is always tough because the NBA was, was better. It still was. Even if it got closer towards the end, it was <laughs> better. And then you have these guys coming in when they're 30, 31, 32, kind of banked up, and they aren't as good anymore in a league that didn't really respect the ABA, they're not gonna come on, come on ABA guys, let's here's 45 minutes a game. Uh, I think he was great in the ABA. He he gets that all ABA first team in 1975 when the ABA is is getting closer to the NBA and I really value that. So this is a good spot for him.
0: I, I will also say that the ABA is better than either the sorry the NBA is better than either the ABA or the NBA were pre-merger. Like as soon as you merge, you're condensing I believe you got up to like 26 teams. So I want to say there were 16 in the NBA and 10 in the ABA. You're condensing that down into like 20 teams. So like the overall talent level got so much higher. They kicked out a lot of the bad players that were in both leagues and just the whole, the whole level rose. So it's not just the ABA guys that you see dip, but you see like Bob McAdoo fall off cliff. You see uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stats, not fall, but like they, they do come down quite a bit. Um, Guys that were really good pre-merger, Take a step back post-merger. Cause,
1: yeah, because how many teams didn't survive the A? Because it's only, only two ABA teams, the Nuggets and the Spurs, came over. The rest were just dispersed into the NBA as it stood, essentially.
0: Pacers and one other oh, Pacers. also came. What am I thinking? I... So,
1: what, did I, what did I say? Nuggets, Spurs, Pacers, those three?
0: Yeah, there's there's one more. I know. No, there's more than that. They get six? There's no way. It's, come on. There's,
1: there's no way. There's six. There's what no way. I, what am I thinking
0: here? <laughs> uh... Pacers. But
1: that's a good point with the aba dispersing it wasn't just both teams both leagues merged perfectly it was all the talent into bit all the aba talent into a bit less space i'm gonna take my allergy pill live on air
0: nuggets pacers spurs nuggets nets the nets that's right
1: the nets they they survive but they survive is a strong word they exist their our logo makes it oh, over. It's a complete. It's a whoa, completely whoa. different team, and they're horrible. They're
0: horrible, horrible, horrible. But as a franchise, they have continued, and maybe the most successful. Well, not the most successful. Just the Spurs, but they made two NBA finals since joining the league what have the pacers done got that one with reggie
1: the nets were awful for the entire 70s and of, of the back half of the 70s after the merger the entire 80s the entire 90s they had like a few seasons with Derek coleman and draws Petrovic petrovich where they won like 40 something games and you want to you're gonna bank on the Pacer, the nets are the worst of those four franchises
0: mm, actually i'm looking at the win percentages. they actually are you're right it's not it's not by much it's not much, but you're right. They they Thank do you. have the worst. Okay. All right. All right. So That
1: gives us a, that gives
0: us an exciting
1: uh, another nomination from a current player. Slightly current. He is kind of current. It's uh John Wall. He's he's playing, right?
0: Yeah. Are he's you accepting, uh my guy at at that yeah. spot?
1: Yeah, I had Matt Calvin one I had Brad uh, Brad Doherty first. Okay. Um but I had Matt Calvin after that and it's it's a good spot. All right.
0: Yes, this brings John Wall onto the board and uh if you're listening, you know who John Wall is. We'll talk more about him when one of us feels the need to nominate him. You're nominating Brad Doherty?
1: I am. I am. A five-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA. Plays just 548 games over the course of eight seasons because his, his back gets injured and he can't play anymore. He's out of the league by, by 29. But prior to that, he was 19 points and 9.5 and words, 3.5 assists. He was a pretty good defensive player as well. And the Cavs are a really good team. They, are, they push the, the Bulls as... As far as anyone really pushed them, they lost to the Bulls in in 88 in five games, in a five-game series, in 89 in five games, in a five-game series. Um, in 92 in a seven-game series, they lost in six, and then they get swept in 93. It's just the Cavs versus the Bulls over and over and over and over again. And Dort is a huge part of that.
0: Might I offer you someone else who was a huge part of getting demolished by a historically great player? Please do. What about DeMar DeRozan? DeMar, at this point, has had quite the longevity. And I think that's what really tipped the scale for me, is we're looking at 10 years of averaging over 20 points per game. At this point, from 2014 to just last season of 2023, he's averaged 23.5 points per game. DeMar is a six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA player. You know, the Raptors, we knew they were doomed in the playoffs. They weren't going to make it past the Cavs. But I think we've kind of forgotten about how good they were in the regular season. They won 48, 49, 56, 51, and then 59 games with DeMar as kind of the lead. Lowry leads the team in win shares due to you know the strong Lowry plus bench units. Um, DeMar leads the team in scoring. I've always thought of them more as a DeMar's team. You could make the case for Lowry, but I really think that we've we've kind of swung too far. The Raptors became too much of a punching bag. And I, I think DeMar has both greater longevity and potentially a higher peak than Brad Doherty. I understand what you're saying.
1: I'll push back on the fact that DeMar DeRozan is not a good playoff player. And he's one of the worst playoff players in terms of... And it's an interesting niche because um, the worst playoff players play aren't playing at all. But DeMar DeRozan has just enough responsibility and just not enough talent where he ends up in this weird place where he's... In the sixty-three playoff games, he's twenty-two points a night on forty-two percent shooting, twenty-one percent from deep, eighty-five percent from the line. He's not a great defensive player. He's only he's getting three point seven assists, which is pretty low for a ball handling guard. At least in, at least when he was with the Raptors, he was a ball handling guard. I know he's mm. playing more small forward, power forward now, but um. And he's getting more assists now. He's getting more assists now. I think I think this is the best version of DeMar Rosen, really. We're seeing in Chicago. And I don't really care about the Raptors here. He's great in the regular season, but it just falls apart so much where Rick Dorty's still in 40, just in 41 playoff games, 19 points, 10 boards,
0: 52% shooting. He's still good. Still good. Would you say though he is the best player on those teams? Or does he get to kind of not coast, but he's got Larry Nancy he's got Mark Price, he's got Ron Harper or there for those 80s, early 90s. And just in my mind, he has a much easier load to carry than DeMar.
1: DeMar and Lowry were not meant to be number ones. And really, with DeMar slipping as the number one scoring option, Lowry had to step it up more. I think Lowry's playoff struggles tend to be overblown because of that, where he wasn't supposed to be the number one, but DeMar DeRozan struggled enough where he kind of had to be and then struggled in that position. But they had good players, Valanciunas. He was there, Patrick Patterson. Stretch four, Pat Pete. <laughs>
0: you're, just, you're like, yeah, they had good players there. Patrick
1: Patterson,
0: Norman uh, Powell, that, that uh, was, uh,
1: Bismack Bismack Biambo,
0: The 2016 um, Raptors. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. They played 20 games. Tamari Carroll. I would like you to name. For me, the other five starters that started more than three games, because you got Lowry and DeRozan 20, So 20, 2016, 2016. So yep. it's Lowry, it's DeRozan, Val and Yep. Val starts 10 games. He only plays 12 during the playoffs due to injury. Demari Carroll's on that team, right? Demari Carroll starts DeMar- 19 DeMar- games. Carol. Yep. Um, Patrick Patterson. Patterson gets nine games. How many do I have left? Uh, You have two more two. guys. Yeah. um who else is cu- is playing for that team let will give you a hint you've said one of the names yeah. already and the other guy is 35 years old the guy's 35 years old i said one of the names already yes um in this podcast yes uh, i mean when you were just listing wait, all wait, the wait. good teammates that he had
1: uh, Who did i say i said valence unit bizzak biombo bizzak biombo and another guy's thirty-five. Jose Calderon. He played for the Raptors at some point.
0: It is not it's Jose not... Calderon. It is Luis Scola. Scola started that's, that's that's the tough. final five games with <laughs> the Cavaliers. That's
1: not a good look. Not a great look for um for the Demar Derozan case. Yeah, do you want to do Demar Derozan? I want to do Demar Derozan. Okay, all right, I'm in.
0: <laughs> Come on, the best year that they got. You lose Valanchunas. Val does not play against the calves. You're stuck with Luis Scola and Bismack Biombo starting for you. I love Luis Scola. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't really, um, I didn't really
1: understand. I mean, I was young. I was probably like 11 years old. I didn't still, I didn't understand like the the ways of the league. And I remember I would watch like the ESPN top 10 plays every night. Um, and the announcer was really sad that Luis Scola was going to retire. He's like, I'm going to miss this guy when he's gone. And so in my head, that was enough to be like, Louis Scola is one of the best players in the league. And he always has been, um, which is a memory I don't want to erase. In my head, Luis Scola was in the top 10 from 2006 to
0: 2015. You know, I think that's the thing. When we go back and rank players, the biases are not towards the current players. No, no. The biases are towards the guys that we saw as younger people, like the guys that yeah, I will never accept that Brad Miller was good. Like I he don't made care all- what. you mean, All Star team. Yeah, I don't care what people tell teams, me about.
1: He's
0: <laughs> he the worst fucking All Star. Him or Jamal McLoor. Like people complain about. Oh, Andrew Wiggins didn't serve make an All Star. I had to watch Jamal McLoor. Brad Miller took Miller. the Kings to the playoffs. Won't accept Any-
1: it. anyone that does that makes is an All. star
0: Won't accept it. Okay. All right. So then. I take it, I'm still, still with Doherty. Are you you're in? St- you're still with Doherty. I had one more guy above him, which is John Wall. How do you feel about John?
1: I like John, I like John Wall. I had him a bit lower, about 160. Um, okay. But I'd be flexible to move him up, but I, I do think it's time.
0: Okay. I had Doherty at 156, so I just have him one spot back. I'm, I'm totally comfortable with that flip-flop up there among them. I'd like to
1: note. With DeMar DeRozan being ranked, the next shooting guard would have been Devin Booker, but we moved him into the top 100. Now it is Lou Hudson, famous hawk of the 60s and 70s. Brad Doherty comes off the board, meaning Ralph Sampson is now our nomination for the center position.
0: Can I ask you how long is it going to be before we talk about Lou Hudson? Let me see. I him 161. Not too long. I like oh, okay. Lou Hudson. Okay, I have him much further down. I was like, man, we're not gonna talk about shooting guards for a while. Apparently you're gonna you're gonna bring him up sooner. All right. So then if it's back to my nomination, at 156, I would like to nominate John Wall. And the first thing I'd like to just say about John Wall is his career is a disappointment. John Wall is one of the most talented guards. He won't have the love that like a Derrick Rose would have. You know, he didn't ever win MVP. But I think he is a Derek Rose-esque player. You know, He's a much better passer. He is a really good defensive player. Not, not quite as good of a scorer, but still over his four-year peak. He's a five-time All-Star, but it's really four and a half good seasons. Uh, his four-year peak, 20 points, 9.9 assists, and 1.9 steals. He had a really good run in 2015 the playoffs uh, until he broke his hand. They're up on the Hawks. They probably are going to the Eastern Conference Finals and then, you know, breaks couple of fingers in his hand what are you gonna do about it um you know just just an elite point guard play you could run your team you could kind of build around him i don't know that there's a lot more guys that i would feel comfortable building around at their peak
1: i'm all for it i like jodwell from 2017 to 2018 in the playoffs which is two series in 2017 then one series in 2018 he's averaging 27 points a night and close to 11 assists with two steals and over one block he never could shoot and that always held him back a little bit. Oh yeah. But he was an absolute blur, good on defense and just a fantastic playmaker. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. He's got a career true shooting added of negative 676. Uh but to talk more about that 2017 playoffs, he goes up against Atlanta in the first round and averages basically 30 and 10. Just just even better than the the multi-series average and and Atlanta was good. Atlanta had they're kind of all around great players or all around solid players. All right. So locking them in 156. Who do you have for 157?
1: I would like to note the next point guard is Agent Zero Gilbert Arenas. Very exciting. 157, I had Chet Walker. He's been sitting there for a while at our small Ford nomination. He's a seven time All Star. He's a part of the sixty seven Sixers, one of the greatest teams of all time. Is an all star for that team. Averages nineteen points eight boards and two point three assists over the course of eighty one games in that season. But it's really impressive longevity for this for for the 60s and 70s. He plays 13 years. He's an all-star in his second season, age 23. He's an all-star in his second to last season, age 33. Chet Walker's going to get you about 18 points, about seven boards. He's going to be an all-star sometimes. He's not other years. How do you feel about it?
0: I like Chet. The thing that I really like about Chet is if you put him next to other good players, he can do more of the little things. He doesn't need to be ball dominant. He can play off ball, can play without it in his hand. And then if you need him to be the lead guy, because he's gets that Chicago team, if it's their expansion year, if it's the year after expansion, but really early in the Chicago Bulls franchise, he gets them to the playoffs. He does. 1975,
1: they push this, the Warriors to seven games in the conference finals. They're one game away from a uh, Chet Walker finals appearance, and it, it's him and um, help me out on the Bob Love Bob and Love. Dick Mott is coaching those teams. It's a very talented group, but Chet Walker is a really
0: big part of that. Oh, Nate Thurman. Jerry Sloan, Norm Van Leer. Yeah, it's it's a solid, solid team. I had him a little bit lower, but I'm I'm not opposed to moving him up. Can I interest you in a Zelmo Beedy? I realized that we had said Ralph Simps Ralph Sam ah, Ralph Sampson was the next center up. That was wrong. No, that is right.
1: That was right. That was right. Can't, don't get on me, yeah. Can't do it.
0: <laughs> I that is wrong. I think it should be Zelmo. We should be up next i disagree with that i'm a big ralph Sampson.
1: can't can't switch that up on me quite yet you have to wait a little bit
0: C- can i make my case yeah sure wilt chamberlain claimed that zelmo gave him more trouble than anyone else and he'd be lying and he'd be lying through <laughs> his teeth
1: and that's a ridiculous thing to say he lost to bill russell nine thousand times and
0: he's gonna talk about zelmo beady
1: my uh, goodness
0: so that's horrible <laughs> it's great right so zelmo is one of the first nba stars to jump to the aba he gets barred for playing for a season uh but when he gets into the league he is really good and him and mel daniels kind of have this fight mel considers him like the ultimate rival because mel didn't play in the nba but here's this all-star nba center that comes over and so the two of them just go at it both you know on the court but also they'll they'll get into fights and confrontations zelmo leads the league in true shooting with 71 percent. he leads the league in win shares in 1971 he makes a finals appearance in 71 averaging 28 points and 16 rebounds zelmo has also been declared one of the dirtiest players in the league he'll hit you in the elbow or he'll hit you with a quick elbow he'll step on your foot he always does in just the way that the refs never call it also was declared one of the players with the worst knees uh there's a story in terry pluto's book like loose balls about him having like shrapnel or like bone debris that's floating in his knees be surgically removed and then him playing in the game four days later uh until the stitches like burst open and the doctor was like you're supposed to be out like two months like what what are you doing he's like ah i gotta play i gotta give it my all and that's just what he did is he got in there and he gave it his all until his knees exploded
1: that's incredible
0: incredible enough who needs,
1: who, who needs load management no it's not not yet <laughs> not yet we he's behind Ralph Sampson. we made that clear the center's pod don't 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 try to get under me like that
0: there's new information we learn more <laughs> every day
1: soon can we use soon because Ralph once I mean I mean are you into Sampson pretty soon because I had both those centers pretty significantly
0: ah uh, I had Ralph at 164 but I will say at this range it's it's not it's not like there's that much <laughs> separating any of these guys. You got Chet Walker it. next. I have this whole string of power forwards. Like I've got our next four power forwards before I have Chet. But if you know, I, I wouldn't be mad to have Chet at 157. Can we do it then? Okay, we can do it. All right. Awesome. All right. So you don't like Zelmo. You're not gonna let me sneak Zelmo in over uh over ralph not over Ralph samson quite yet samson's just so good for the
1: the 86 run and he has that one playoff game where it's like 30 points and 10 boards and 10 assists and eight blocks and it's in the 80s too and it's 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 not early aba basketball which is important yeah it's not what really put me off is the blatant wilt chamberlain lie it's just the 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 dishonesty from chamberlain
0: that's not zelmo's fault Will had to pick someone to lie about, and I think it's it's telling that he at least lied about Zelmo, right? I can't buy it. I can't buy it quite yet. Okay.
1: Bobby Dandridge. Bobby Dandridge is our next small forward, and I do like some Bobby Dandridge. Not this high,
0: right? Right? Don't, don't you shrug your shoulders at me? Don't you? Don't you casually Not just quite. smirk?
1: He is just a four-time All-Star. He makes one all nba team. He he is a two-time champion, and, and he makes the finals, I, I believe, four times in... Yeah, four times, wins two of them. No one scored more finals points in the seventy than Bobby Dandridge. It's an important thing to remember.
0: Yeah, that that is a little bit of luck. It's kind of like James Jones making seven straight finals <laughs> James Jones and LeBron the most unstoppable duo of all time That's just like when Luke Walton and Kobe Bryant combined for 83 points in that one game
1: Yeah me and Kobe combined for 81 in the same game
0: Yeah All right uh, my next nomination if you're not going to not going to compromise with Zelmo for me is going to be Dennis Rodman I think that's
1: right I had him um, I had him up next as well It's it's time.
0: It's time for Robin. Yeah, the numbers don't say it in the Matrix, how how he's looked at. His awards are lagging way behind here, but he was in the right spots at the right times. His contribution as a bench player, or as you know, the fourth guy for the Pistons, his contribution as the third guy for the uh, Bulls, and winning five championship rings, that has to bring you up some, even if I question how valuable he is. You know, there's a reason the Spurs got rid of him for like next to nothing. There's a reason why the Pistons traded him away for uh, Sean Elliott. And then the next year they're like, yeah, we don't really actually want Sean Elliott. We just didn't want Rodman. So I, I guess you guys can have him back. Like there's there's a lot to look negatively at Rodman, but his defense and his rebounding won team's championships. So, yeah, 158. Good enough for me.
1: That's stretch for Rodman from 92 to 98. He wins every single rebounding title. Six points a game and sixteen point seven boards a game. He just decided to rebound and only rebound. He's just gonna play defense and rebound. And what an era to do it in the nineties when defense was such such an important part. The pace was slow. Offenses weren't as good. Really thrived in that era. I don't know what he'd be today because there really isn't there isn't a space for someone who is so bad on offense. But that I guess that doesn't that doesn't affect um his all time rankings obviously. just a curious conversation.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to kind of think about because you could do small ball center stuff with him, but he's so bad with the ball like that you couldn't really use him as a pick and roll in the way that you just Draymond Green. It's it's likely that his talents just would not work in this league currently. Kind of kind of the same way Kenneth Freed washed out because he just couldn't do much with the ball and he how dare I mean, you speak on the manimal
1: that's uh, another player i was very confused about when i was like 13 years old i love the manimal. so he, yeah, he was so good he was on the top 10 plays all, of the week every time because he had these awesome plays and uh, and then he wasn't good anymore i mean he really just caught the league at the wrong time he would have been so good in the 2000s but what he did just wasn't very important um i love rodman's 2000 season it's 12 games age 38 2.8 points, 14.3 rebounds, 38% from the field. He's playing with Dirk. How exciting!
0: It's funny, like he gets on the Shaq Kobe Lakers for a second. He gets to play with Dirk for like a hot minute. Like teams gave him chances, you know. Even as as wild and as crazy of a, a player as he was, like he didn't stop getting chances. Well, with Rodman off the board, that introduces Tom Chambers, the torture chamber, a four-time All Star, two-time all-NBA player, winner of the 87 All-Star Game MVP, member Very of the important. Sonics. Yeah, Sonics and Phoenix Suns, helps the Suns go to the, uh, well, doesn't really. He's on the Suns when they make the finals, but he, he's <laughs> kind of the
1: <laughs> yeah. powerful forward remark- We'll give his credit to the 89 Suns make the conference finals. He leads that team in rebounding and scoring. Mm-hmm. And the 1990 Suns, again, make the conference finals this time, pushing the Blazers to six games where they'd gotten swept by the Lakers in the previous season. And he again leads them in scoring, not in rebounding this time, but his scoring is up to 27 points per game. He's a really good scorer and really good teams. He's 20 points per game for his entire career. That's 16 years. I believe he's the highest scoring non-Hall of Famer. Is that correct? 20,000 points? I, I know he's, he's one of two. the two. It's him and Anton Jameson. Or yeah. Antoine Jameson. Yeah. Anton Jameson. Anton?
0: Antoine? I need you to know. Uh, Antoine. You, antoine okay are you sure i'm not convinced i'm gonna look it up all right well while you're looking it up you know he's got like a a seven year stretch from 84 to 91 averaging 22 points basically seven rebounds uh and then like two and a half assists did you mention the sonic stuff i felt like you just said it's Sun stuff
1: i just said Sun stuff it's it's a it's antoine but it is spelled anton so
0: yeah twan yeah well and In 87, the Sonics make the Western Conference Finals uh, with him and with Dale Ellis and Xavier McDaniel. It's kind of a big three. They're all averaging 20 plus points per game in the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, But that team went 39 of 43 in the regular season and then fights their way to the Western Conference Finals where they get swept by, you know, Magic and Kareem and Worthy. But still, to, to be part of that big three, to get... It there. I think that's cool. It's earlier in his career. You know, he's got a pretty nice longevity, a thousand plus games he played. He is my actual nomination for 159.
1: He's mine too. I think it's it's the right time for
0: for such a good
1: scorer. He also plays in the Israeli league in 1996 and has two Jewish men doing this podcast. Very important. L'chaim. Michael Jordan would not have won the 96 championship. He was, he was afraid of Tom Chambers, that Tom Chambers might come back.
0: Yeah, although that's why he came back to the NBA, not to the, the real basketball haven, which was the Israeli leagues. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't handle Michael that Michael Jordan smoke.
1: was too scared to play in the Israeli leagues. He knew he wasn't better than Tom Chambers.
0: Ducking him. All right. <laughs> With Tom Chambers off the board, that introduces Larry Nance Sr. Do you want to do a Larry Nance spiel or do you want me to do a Nance spiel?
1: You can do Nance spiel. I don't think we're going to be talking about Larry Nance. For, Larry Nance eh, is my for nomination
0: for 160.
1: No way. <laughs> so Please let me hear it.
0: Larry Nance, I was I was really looking at him and Brad Doherty, and I was like, who do I prefer? Doherty is better in those years. Nance has a just incredibly long career. You know, he's got 12 seasons of him playing most of the years. Uh, he's a finesse big. He's faster than his opponents. Brilliant passer. Kind of think about like 90s version Pau Gasol who can throw it down like a young Pau Gasol. Um, he's
1: the slam ambassador.
0: Yeah. He's the Duncan man. He's probably the number two guy behind Walter Davis on those Suns uh, Western Conference finals run. He's but And then in Cleveland, he's got that whole conglomerate. I don't know where you want to rank him. I don't think we've gotten Ron Harper on the board yet, so he's maybe the third best cavalier but it's just just so many seasons of being a really good player where we're talking about over a hundred career win shares we're talking about what a thousand three hundred plus true shooting average we're talking eight seasons in the top 10 in blocks per game Uh three-time all defensive team which you know take take what stock in that you may it was hard to make those it was in his era there was a lot of really good defensive players and he's still averaging 20 points per game for you know a pretty good stretch of his career.
1: He's a highly efficient, good defensive power forward that could rebound and playmake. He was he made a lot of teams pretty good. You, everyone, yeah. everyone would be happy to have Larry Nance in their team. I do think it's too early for someone who is just a three-time All-Star. We have better players available. Nate. We have better players available.
0: Who'd, you want to do Bobby Danridge? Is that your guy? I think it's Hudson time. No.
1: I think it's Luhatsen time. No, 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 no. No, it is. It's it's I'll make the case. From nineteen sixty-nine to seventy four, it's six straight seasons. He's six time all-star, twenty-five points a game, five boards and three assists. He He's fifth in points per game in 1970. He's fifth in 1971. He's fourth in 1973. He's able to make All-NBA second team in 1970 as a guard, which we talked about the Lenny Wilkins thing or the mm-hmm. Dave Bing. It's, it's tough to make that as a guard. Um, he's able to make the playoffs 9 times which is really important in terms of that era we kind of criticized the Hawks for not being that good they still didn't. they make the playoffs in 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73 then he makes the playoffs again in in 78 and 79 with the Lakers but for the Hawks in the playoffs 52 games of 23 and a half points per game with three assists and five boards the stats are there they're making the playoffs he's a six-time all-star it's better than Larry Nance Larry Nance is an occasional, sometimes. If if the team is good enough, Larry Nance gets a nod. Lou Hudson's good enough to make the all-star team, whether the team is great or not.
0: Do you know how many all-stars there were in 1970? How many? There were 40 all-stars between the NBA and the ABA. It's
1: a lot of all-stars, but... How many in the NBA?
0: <laughs> there were 20 in the NBA the, and there are 20 in the ABA.
1: That's the league he's playing in. Well, I mean, to be fair, 1970 is the year he makes all NBA second team. So he can, he can take that and
0: burn it. Um, just just saying, you know, he's got these six all-star appearances all and during – It's really good.
1: Statistically or statistically, it's good.
0: Yeah, it, it's good. It's just they're all during the weakest era of the NBA ABA. And so if I'm looking at a six to three exchange rate – I kind of like the three. I kind of it, – it matters to me that uh, that he did this in a pretty poor era. Um, I guess I wouldn't fight too hard to really keep him down. You know, he's leading the team in win shares. There's those several years. Now, they do have kind of a, a dip in the mid-70s where they're only winning 36 games. How passionate are you about Lou?
1: I'm pretty passionate, especially given the the players available. I think Larry Nance is never even close to the All-NBA conversation. The closest he ever gets is 1989, where he is not a third-team All-NBA. That's Terry Cummings and Dale Ellis. Not Terry, sorry. Terry Cummings and Dominic Wilkins. And then Alex English is still ahead of him if there had to be another another forward added, and it's him, and he's kind of around Worthy and McHale, and he's just in a different tier. The
0: problem with pushing him back is that it also pushes back the guy they have right behind him, which for 161, I was going to nominate Dave DeBuscher, which if we're just talking about players in those 60s, 70s, DeBuscher is a eight-time All-Star? He is defensive-minded. And contributes to two championships? Yeah, would you rather have DeBuscher or Lou Hudson? It's close. And obviously it's
1: close given they're having the conversation. I, I still I think I'd like Hudson. Hudson's able to he's a great
0: scorer. Okay. All right. I'll I'll move Hudson up this high. Okay. All right. I'm I willing, it. willing to compromise for the sake of the pod. I need a nomination from you then. Lou Hudson coming off the board introduces Charlie Scott, who is one of the stars that jumps between the ABA to NBA. He actually makes the jump going from ABA to NBA in, in, I want to say, 70, 72, mid-season. And it's a pretty sharp decline. But part of that is just the Squires didn't have anyone. Phoenix actually had good players. Uh, And then he eventually gets to Boston and wins a championship with the Celtics.
1: What we have to consider about that sharp decline is, well, it's a change in stats. I don't think it's a necessarily change in effectiveness, Mm -hmm. where – because the ABA stats are just inflated, they are playing a different era, a different style of basketball with less defense. the The guards are rebounding more; it's less of a center's league, and and they're not, and it's not as good of a league. But when you get to the NBA, they're still the same player. Scott's able to contribute to winning, but the numbers don't look as good. I'm not going to say he, because every player jumps from the ABA to the NBA has a sharp decline, quote unquote. Julius Irving was still able to take his teams to the finals, win MVPs, win championships, despite the quote unquote sharp decline that kind of sort of didn't
0: happen Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and you know the the aba stats are inflated those first couple of years because teams have like one or two good players and they play them a ton and they put everything into them there's not like spreading the ball around because you have a lot of talent i don't think charlie scott is going to get nominated i he did not make my top 175 did he make yours let me see. I think he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did, but I also have not ranked out
1: the top 175. I haven't. At this point, eventually, we're going well, to kind of have to go by nominations like we used to do, which is totally fine. We're doing it uh, today. We're making it. We're getting there. That's right. Um. So, just to recap, we have Gilbert Arenas for the point guards, Charlie Scott for the shooting guards, Bob Dandridge for the small forwards, Larry Nance is still for the power forwards, and Ralph Sampson for the centers. How do you feel about a two-parter? A 2 Bob Dandridge into the guy behind him which is jamal wilkes
0: i do love me some jamal wilkes i have i
1: knew i could hook you with the laker come on for bob on. i'll give you jamal
0: wilkes i i actually i would like wilkes to be a little bit lower okay i've got a couple of centers i got a couple power forwards before wilkes i'm okay not discussing the cards for a little bit and that's no knock like agent zero has a fun career um but it's just so brief and so unimpactful like it's it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like it's the most seasons. volatile 40 wins you'll ever
1: see yeah it's like holy shit that was insane he's like 30 at night and threatening to kill his teammates and it gives you 42 wins um do you want to do larry nance now yeah i'll do larry nance now i think it's time you made such a good case that at this point i think i'm ready
0: and comes off the board which introduces dave de basically white 60s 70s dennis rodman feel about
1: right essentially he's like the draymond green of uh of the 60s and 70s of, of the knicks early 70s dominance also very good piston beforehand but it brings back such an interesting conversation we had earlier about what it took to be a good team in the 60s and 70s because it was west oscar russell chamberlain if you didn't have those guys you're not going to be very good you're probably going to about 35 games and it looks really bad because we see it now when you think of the impact of an individual star Someone who's really good should be able to get you 30-ish wins, just automatically. But we see a collection of players who think are really good doesn't equal 40-something wins, 50-something wins, because it's just a different era when the, the talent is so condensed. They weren't better than Wilt, they weren't better than West, or Elgin, or or those guys. We have that out of the way. I'm not going to bag on his Pistons years too much because
0: he still was really good. It was still seven seasons of 16 points, 11 wins. Yeah. And was it six or seven time all-defensive first team? yeah six-time yeah. all-defensive first team he made the nba seventy-fifth, 75 yeah. To 75 yeah that's that's a bit wild that's a bit nostalgic that's a bit east coast media heavy bias <laughs> um no way yeah. the Knicks had that many top players but his defense and his rebounding was huge to the knicks success and in the elgin baylor like walk-in game was it game seven of 71 i don't know know off the top of my head um but debusher plays 37 minutes kind of in his stead playing a little bit of that small ball center gets 18 points and 17 rebounds you know they don't win the that game without but debusher and debusher is probably the third story behind willis reed and then whatever walt frazier did that game so i think walt had an amazing game
1: he did he did but i what i like about debusher is he's not what we call a good times all-star because he makes three all-star teams in Detroit, and then he makes four more, five more for the Knicks. It wasn't just the Knicks were good, and the media liked him and the players liked him, that he gets these all-star nods. He he really was that caliber of player, but contributes to two championships. He's an all-star for both those seasons, 16 points and 12 boards in the playoffs. I, I think uh, this is a great spot for him.
0: Yeah, I did pull it up. wolf Frazier had 36 points in that game, him seven, uh, but Dave DeBuscher averaged 19 and 12 on the series. Frazier only averaged 17. Did have 10 assists. So, you know, it, it, it definitely went Reed, Frazier, DeBusher, but still came up big. I'm all for it. Next power forward it's Elton Brand. How exciting. We both big love Elton, Elton Brand. Brand. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a minute for Elton Brand.
1: It's going to be a little bit. As much as I respect him, he took the Clippers to the playoffs in the 2000s. That's a Hall of Fame bid in my eyes. Can I offer you a
0: Ralph Sampson? I know you love Ralph.
1: I do love Ralph Sampson. People are too harsh on Ralph Sampson. Advanced stats are too harsh on Ralph Sampson. He has 5-4. He has 20 win shares. He has 0.4 offensive win shares. I don't know what was happening. That just blows my mind. For for Houston, he's averaging 20 points, 11 boards, and 3 assists with a steal and a block and a half in the playoffs. 50% shooting. Where did you get the 1.4 win shares? I just I need to see the calculations on that one. In the playoff? Mm-hmm. I mean In his one... entire
0: career, he has 0. 0.4 win share. You got that written down wrong. He's got twenty offensive shares. offensive, win Offensive shares. win shares. Offensive win share. Okay. That's his poor true shooting. That's a
1: bunch of bullshit. That's what that is. It's a bunch of that's stats for nerds. Stupid,
0: stupid nerd stats that don't make any sense. Ralph shot a deep shot. Ralph shot, you know, 18 20 footers, not that effectively. If Ralph played in the modern era, he gets to shoot threes. And now, if he's shooting a three at 34 to 38%, that's awesome. But a shooting is still up- shooting
1: 50% from the field for the Rockets. Yeah. I think well, he was taking more threes than he should have, and he wasn't a fantastic free throw shooter. But
0: stupid uh, I, nerd stats don't like Ralph Sampson. The problem is, is that his game was wasn't just at the rim and wasn't behind the arc it was he had a lot of the mid-range like he got the at-rim attempts he's seven foot four he's going to finish at the rim very well uh you know we didn't track and have that breakdown now but if you watch some of his tapes like he scores at the rim incredibly effectively and then jacks up a lot of bad mid-range shots that if he just took one step back uh and he be a
1: three be a three samson works with Elijah won so well. If you look through the box scores of these um these playoff games, there are so many games where Elijah One has thirty points but just six rebounds, and it's Samson with 12 points and 20 rebounds. Or when Elijah One struggles to score but rebounds and block shots, it's Samson scoring. And they really had a they had a really awesome dynamic in that sense. Let me take a, just a quick second and find the game I was talking about earlier. Ralph Sampson Yes, in game five of the 86 conference semifinals against Denver, he drops 33 points, 17 boards, 10 assists, 2 steals, 5 blocks on 13 of 22 shooting. That's insane. That's just an insane box score.
0: It is. But the one problem is, do you want to know he dropped game one of the finals against Boston? That's Boston.
1: That's the 86 Celtics. I don't I don't care. He could drop two points, and I'd still be happy,
0: happy with one and a half. That, i mean he did drop two points he shot one <laughs> for 13. did you look that up did you have that written no down? i didn't have that ready yeah no it's it's one for 13 two points four turnovers it's it's not a good game he's gets seven rebounds uh you know for for a man that size so he's a little inconsistent so what little inconsistent to be fair he bounces back game three is 24 points 22 rebounds that's that's a monster performance I realized though, I, I want to push him back one spot. What about Bob Danridge?
1: That's great. Okay. I had him first anyways. Oh, I, perfect. I thought you weren't ready.
0: I was just, I was like, man, I, I feel like you're going to be a Ralph Sampson guy next. I'm going to offer you a little, you know, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to let you spike it down. But I would just like Danridge a little bit more consistent, a little bit longer, successful period, high level contributor to two championship teams, the four finals. I think that's just worth more. Like it. All right. So Danridge is 163. Sampson is 164. For those listening along at home, just, just quick recap. We got Maurice Stokes, Walter Davis, Matt Calvin, DeMar DeRozan, Brad Doherty, John Wall, Chet Walker, Dennis Rodman, Tom Chambers, Lou Hudson, Larry Nance Sr., Dave DeBusher, Bob Danridge, Ralph Sampson, and now... Zelmo Beaty.
1: Yeah, it's time. I knew that we were going. Hell yeah! And and you sold me on the world Chamberlain lies.
0: I, I feel accomplished. We don't need to go back and relive all of the the wonderful Zelmo Beaty praise. Uh, but that now introduces to the board. We have Walt Bellamy moved around a bit. Kind of started with the well, started with the Chicago Packers, who became the Zephyrs, who then became Baltimore. Gets a couple seasons with the Knicks, couple seasons with the Hawks, few seasons with the Pistons. You know, he he moves around a bit, but incredibly talented player. We're talking 20 plus points for the first five years and really over 15 rebounds most of those years. Starts out first year as 31 and 19.
1: It's such an interesting career because you see like the expansion players put up big stats on horrible teams later on. But just because it was so early in the NBA, you get a chance to see a really good player start off his career. With the Packers, that's the first year of the Packers. Their logo is hilarious if you find it online. It's just like a basketball with a bowl on it, and it just looks horrible. Um, Jim Pollard is coaching this team. They go 18-62. and 62. They have the worst offense in the league, the second-worst defense, the worst net rating. And Bellamy is just out there putting up 31.5 points with almost three assists and 19 boards in 79 of those games. He leads the league in FG percentage. But they're still so horrible. Um, he doesn't make the playoffs – any of his all-star seasons, except for one, except for 1965 with Baltimore. But for most of his career, he's just a really good rebounding center. I think the huge numbers are a little misleading given how bad those teams were, but still very talented. I don't think it's time for Walt Bellamy.
0: Can I interest you in the fact that he is one of the most efficient scorers in league history? Like true shooting added, we're talking plus 2,300 points. You will not find anyone else that we talk about today, tomorrow, or yesterday with that as that's a Reggie true. Miller level efficiency for scoring. Extremely, an extremely efficient
1: player. Um, yeah, I mean he's he, yeah, I, I get that, and he's good for Atlanta and twenty points, sixteen boards, and some playoff series against Wilt, and they do get swept. But that's kind of the story of not being one of those elite players in the sixties, like we've talked about. You're you're going to get beat on by. It. By the top dogs a lot um i believe he retires as i think the second leading rebound and the third leading rebounder of all time behind russell and Wilt. he retires in 75 averaging 13.7 boards per game over the course of 14 years a thousand games and it's he plays in 74 or more games Every year, except for his last season where he plays just one, he also plays 88 games in 1969 because he got traded, which is um, very impressive.
0: Yeah. The other thing is that there are Lakers who, in 66, there was a talk of a deal for him that fell through. And there are still Lakers players, fans, coaches uh, who to this day will kind of say, Man, if we had only gotten Walt, Celtics wouldn't have that many rings. Like we would have, we needed a center and we just didn't have one.
1: Will Chamberlain not good enough for you? Is Will Chamberlain not think
0: Will Chamberlain <laughs> didn't come around? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he can
1: eventually he came take your eventually. Laker, take your stupid Laker problems and, and and tuck them away. Um I can't I, I can't interest you in in a four time champ, two time all defense, three time all star, Jamal Wilkes. Wilkes that is the next
0: guy on my board. Can we make that swap? I can make that swap. Awesome. Yeah, you know, Wilkes, who's one sixty six on my board already, but we just We've swapped someone else, so it's it's nice. He gets to stay at the exact same uh, same number for me. Wilkes kind of always got to be the secondary guy, and and he's talked about how much that meant to him, is that winning and championships, that's what mattered. He's said, you know, hey, I could be on other teams. I could average more. I could get more shots, but whether it was Bill Walton in college, Kareem or him in the pros or um, – rick barry in the pros like that's not what he wanted he wanted to win and he was going to be unselfish and do whatever it mattered or to help and the fact that he still gets between 17 and 22 points per game for a, a long stretch uh nine seasons yeah averaging 19 points per game you yeah, know that that says something
1: yes i'm all for it we have a very special nomination in the small forwards list someone i made a video about this morning who i posted last night but let's first ballot hall of fame dumbass free well.
0: Why you gotta be so mean to Latrell? I mean, he def- he deserves it, but <laughs>
1: he deserves it. Um, so talented, just such a good player. 18 points a game, four boards, four assists, 900 games. I I think if he had a better head on his shoulders, he would have been one of the best players ever. But he did not, and he liked attacking his players, his uh, teammates, and his coaches. He just liked doing it.
0: I I don't know what you want me to say here. My <laughs> my nomination is still Walt Bellamy. Yeah, we did we did Bellamy. You let him, let him sneak think, in at yeah. 167?
1: seven. Sixty-seven. Yeah, I said we could do that swap.
0: So. All right. Well, then, now you've put me in an awkward place where my next two guys both are in the Hall of Dumbassery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's Luttrell and it's Gilbert Arenas. Really
1: quickly, the Senate nomination after... Bellamy has left is Larry Faust, eight-time all-star, two time on one time rebounding champ. Went to and lost five finals in the 50s and 60s. Very good player. I don't think we're ready for him quite yet. That was a long time ago, but I think I think this has to be Charlie Scott. No. I he's really good. He's really good in the NBA. Okay. You're I, I really good in
0: the NBA? Littrell's pretty
1: well He was he was kind of good on really bad teams. Um, he makes the playoffs one time as an all-star it's 1994 and he yeah, he is really good but he also like like attacked pj carlosimo yeah my favorite part about and, that story teams that kept I, uh, wanting him. <laughs> they wanted that i think that that doesn't help his case um is that after attacking carlosimo in practice and just choking the shit out of him he goes back in the locker room showers changes and you think that would give him like a clear head like man i really fucked up but he comes back just to yell at him more and punch him in the face he he's just he's just built he's just built like that he's built for that action I, that's all, I, I don't hate it Sprewell does have a really nice 1999 finals and has a really incredible Game 5 against the Spurs, despite them losing. It's 35 points in a game that I believe ended 75-76. I'm not there yet, and I think there's players that contributed to winning more without trying to kill the people around them. Sprewell attacked Jerome Kersey, left practice, and came back with a fucking 2x4 Nate. Like, <laughs> He
0: was <laughs> all right. Spreewell, those are all off the court stuff. On the court stuff. This this it's all relevant. It's it's relevant, sure. Sure. Yeah. On the court. He's a guy who gets you between like 18 and 20 points per game for a decade, basically. He's also one of the top defensive lockdown guys. Um, you know, if we look at his ninety-four season, we we really have like three different peaks. There's a lot of valleys with his career, um, but starting off in ninety-four. He is all NBA first team as a guard. He is also all defensive second team. He picks up some MVP votes that year. He is top 11 in scoring. He's one of the the better uh, top 10 in steals. Like, Like he is really good in that year. And I don't think we see anyone else with quite that level of a season. Then you're right. 99 in the lockout year. He is probably the best player on that finals team. After Patrick Ewing goes down and, you know, classic Ewing theory, but it it gives Freewell the ball more, more chances to thrive. And then him in Minnesota in 2004, the numbers don't leap off the page, but, you know, he jumps from 16 points per game to basically 20 points per game in the playoffs. And he's battling Kobe, even that uh, Western Conference Finals.
1: Can I nominate a player that's a really good teammate and beloved by his peers? Elton Brand out elton brand
0: it, absolutely beloved by his teammate liked by did his did did not try to kill anybody no no well respected <laughs> i think it's important at this plus point games i know you want it i know you want to do this Aaron. the year is 2000 you have the choice between elton brand or latrell spreewell who are you picking
1: Elton oh, brand in like two seconds in 2000 latrell Sprewell was already like 29 years old
0: yeah that's fair also, he just choked PJ Carlisle. i was just trying to think of a year that they both played.
1: Man, that's that's rookie. That's rookie. Elden Brand and, and Brand is still, is still 20 and 10.
0: He that's hasn't bad been tainted by the Clippers yet. Come on, mm.
1: I'm good for the Charles Freewell. I had him at um at 173, but I need a little bit of time.
0: <laughs> a little bit of time, Aaron. <laughs> we started building this, this rankings over the summer last year. I need time before I'm okay ranking him this high. Give oh. it a little bit. Alright, alright. Is Ellen Brand really your next guy up? Yeah, he is. Okay. I had Ellen Brand uh, actually back down at 71, um, because I kind of have a little bit of run on point guards here.
1: Yeah, pretty soon. Can I offer that... The next power forward after Alan
0: Brand is Gus Johnson. I know you love Gus Johnson. I do really love mm-hmm. Gus Johnson.
1: I know I know how to play my cards.
0: Yeah, there's th- just like <laughs> a point guard run and a power forward run. And, and we could probably flip-flop which runs we want to have happen here. Because our-, our point guards up are Gilbert Arenas, but he's blocking the door to Darren Williams and Baron Davis. And Max is... Max Zabslovsky is also very. Uh, Max is a shooting guard. He's behind Charlie Scott. We'll we'll talk about him next. Oh, time. is he? Okay.
1: Yeah. But just the way I had it ordered, I figured I um uh, I figured he would uh it's, it looked like he was a point guard. Are you sure?
0: That that's a, I'm pretty sure
1: he's a point guard. Let me check. Shooting guard slats. All right, that's fine. Okay, so that does open the door. I think of the idiots of the locker room destroyers. I prefer Gilbert Arenas. He's better. Who's better? All he right. has a three year stretcher. He's he's. 25 he's he over eight seasons he was 25 points a night for the wizards so what if he threatened to kill Jafar Crittenton? who doesn't everyone does that occasionally
0: all right can, can we do gilbert at 168 latrell at 169 and elton brand at 170 no
1: elton brand is our elton brand is locked in
0: did i have to we're <laughs> Listen, we're either going to have Gilbert Arenas or Latrell Spreville at 169, and you know the internet's going to have fun with whoever we put there. <laughs> Brand is
1: 168, and then I want Arenas at 169,
0: and then we can do Luttrell All right. All right. I, I can yeah. live with that. Luttrell, 170. All right. I means We have five people left to make the, the list today, and our nominations, just, I need a minute to clear my head, figure out who, who is where still. All right, so up for the point guards, we have Darren Williams. Up for the power forwards, we have Gus Johnson. We still have Larry Faust for the centers. We still have Charlie Scott for the shooting guards. And our small forward to be added to the list is now Jack Twyman. So we're going old school with some of these guys here.
1: Yes, we are. Do you have a preference?
0: I had my run of point guards before my run of power forwards, but you could probably talk me into Gus Johnson here. I do love Gus Johnson. Can we do Darren Williams first? Go, I I had Darren Williams first. Awesome.
1: Yeah, Darren Williams. I I, did, I made a video on the ESPN top 100 players or top 10 players in the league that mm-hmm. they made in first in 2011 during the lockout. Um, and Darren Williams was tenth and then tenth again in 2012. And some comments said. There's no way Derrick Williams is ever top 10, but he really was. And I maybe mean, it's not top five, but he was close to that conversation. I think it's important in a, in a really good era.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing with Darren Williams is that he kind of, he dropped off sooner than you might expect, you know, by age 29, that's, that's where we start to see the decline. Um, he also had a bit more of a, a slow roll up, you know, 06, 07, not quite as, as dominant, but there's a reason why there was the Chris Paul's comparisons he has that six-year stretch from 08 to 2013, where he is 19 points and basically 10 assists this per game. He was a driving force between that or behind that Utah pick and roll, the old Jerry Sloan Stockton Malone offense. They just turned that into Darren Williams and Paul Millsap or Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. And it worked. It you know, he is a, a strong enough point guard to make that work. Defensively, he's not as quick as a Chris Paul. But he is strong. He could switch onto bigger guards a lot better than Chris Paul could. You couldn't switch him and then post him up as easily. I like it.
1: So you had Darren Williams. You said a run on point guards. Does that mean Baron Davis is your next nomination? Yes. Okay. I like that too. I think we're, we're doing the right things, Nate.
0: You want, you're want you with me on on Baron Davis over
1: Gus Johnson? I am with you. I am with you. I think it's close. I think we should go Davis and then Johnson.
0: Okay. Is it
1: because is it of the 8-1 the upset? That's a huge part of it. Davis is just really... Davis is really... He's good in both playoff series, 2007 and... Sorry, the first round and the second round of 2007. And we never really see Gus Johnson make that kind of impact in terms of in terms of winning he has he, he has he puts 1965 he puts two pretty good playoff series together and with 15 points and 10 boards each but i just don't think it's as good as as Baron davis
0: got yeah but what about gus johnson contributing to the indiana pacers tooth or the 73 ring with them where he uh plays 10 minutes a night and gets uh 2.5 points per game I'm okay. Um, I think
1: I'll be all right. <laughs> I'm not going to sway you one way or the other. Have you thought about that Baron Davis was traded for Kyrie Irving? The pick that became Kyrie Irving because the Clippers are fucking morons.
0: I don't know. He was traded with Kyrie Irving. <laughs>
1: Sorry, yes. He was traded with the pick that became Kyrie Irving because yes. the Clippers are fucking morons.
0: Kyrie Irving was the price to get off of Baron and Davis. I, I think you've talked me into Gus Johnson over it with that statement alone
1: okay so we're gonna go baron davis 172 gus johnson 173 we have two more spots with the point guard nominations we have another aba player it's larry jones from the power forwards we have larry johnson grandmama of charlotte hornets fame
0: i love me some good grandmama larry johnson he's got a five-year peak between charlotte and the knicks where he's basically twenty points, nine rebounds, four assists. He could do a little bit of everything. He tails off kind of earlier, but a- as he tails off, he shifts from being the scoring forward to let me do everything. Let me be the muscle behind Patrick Ewing and kind of replacing Charles Oakley at times. I and mean, that that Knicks team was just a, a bad team. Like not bad and not good, but like bad as in they're gonna fight you. Um, you know, he, he's got some really Big playoff moments. Uh, there's times where he's probably the fifth guy on those Knicks teams. But he's got a huge four-point play in 99 to get the Knicks to the finals. You're not winning. I mean, you're not getting to the finals without him in that play. Uh, and Jeff Van Gundy says that he's the embodiment of everything he believes in. Also, 93 signs the richest deal in NBA history. I think that's that's nice.
1: Is that where you want to go? I just think it's a little early. Maybe. I think Larry Faust should be on here.
0: I had Larry Faust as my next guy. So I, I okay. could flip flop them if you'd like. But
1: Let's do that. It's an eight-time All-Star thing, two-time All-NBA. He's a rebounding champ. He makes it to five finals. If he wins just one of them, I think he's on this list already. It's early in the NBA. It's 1951 to 62, but he's still contributing from 51 to 59, playing in almost the full season each time with 15 points in. 11 boards, which in that era, remind you, it's they're scoring 80, 90 points a game.
0: So Yeah, the, the bunch of finals is a little bit overblown. His last it's two finals... finals. Well, his last finals he played 7 minutes a game.
1: Sure, okay. The finals I get before
0: that. that he's playing like 16 minutes a game. Yeah. Um the finals Statistically, before that he's there 30 minutes yeah. for, It's a game. Yeah. He's he's really a big contributor in one finals, the the 56 finals where he's 19 points and 13 rebounds. Um I'll take it Move- <laughs> is Faust good for a- Faust Faust
1: is good all right he has he seven seasons in the top 20 or top 16 really for points per game he has 10 seasons in the top 20 for rebounds per game a consistent presence in the early NBA Larry Faust
0: you want to do grandmama how you feel about some Harry Gallatin Harry
1: Gallatin would be the next power forward after the next Center after Faust huh uh
0: he's the next power forward but I kind of so I had, I had Larry at 174 and then Harry at uh, 176. So they're kind of oh, my next oh, two names up.
1: Where are we at, though? I had Faust at 174. We have one more spot. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes. We're trying to figure okay. out 175, and it is between Larry Johnson, Charlie Scott- uh, Jack Twyman. Who is our next center? Demarcus Cousins. You are not putting Demarcus Cousins in the top one. <laughs> Demarcus Cousins. I think see what you're I trying wanna to amend,
1: do. I want to amend the Demarcus Cousins argument. I, I think we should move him down the centers just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Can we put him below? uh Below? I just below Ed Mackley and call it good. Yeah, we can put him... Just one more spot, okay? Yeah. Just one more spot down. I'll take whatever I can get. Who's your nomination? Is it Macaulay? Is it Macaulay or Macaulay? I always mess that one. Macaulay, okay. That's that. That's my uh. That's my Chris Mullins and uh, Alex uh, Gorza. TV yeah, for you, <laughs> I have the Mac, the Mackley issue. Chris Mullins just makes sense. It's Mullins. It's it's Mullen. multiple Mullins. It's yeah. it's there's so many Mullins to go around. Yeah, there should be more. Mullins. have so much fun. <laughs> okay, we have one more spot. I don't feel strongly about any of these guys really. Um, I'd be okay with another center and Mackley. I just think uh, he's he really is a a pillar of early basketball he also gets into the hall of fame in 1960 i believe he's the second nba player ever to make the hall of fame. it's mike in first now there are other players more barnstorming era players college players but for nba players it goes mike in and i think it's ed mackley right after that let me double check
0: i i looked at jack twyman uh and jack was a really good scorer for those cincinnati royals teams in 1960, he averaged 31 points per game. I believe it's the first time that players had broken the 20,000, or not 20, the 2,000 points in a season club, uh, and as both him and Wilt Chamberlain do it in the same season. It's Yardley,
1: we thought we talked about that. Is it yes, Yardley?
0: George, George Yardley, first 2,000-point season, but Twyman's
1: soon after that. It's probably probably more points.
0: I knew it's, it was right in there. Um, But do you know how bad the Royals were this year, that he averages 31 points?
1: They were horrible. That's what really holds him back. They were the worst team in the league by basically, I'd say, by far.
0: They won 19 games. They're in 1956.
1: It's the kind of player Twyman could be. He could be a, a, a good part of someone else, but um, or a good part of a bad team. But he needs someone else to really get going.
0: Yeah.
1: It looks like yeah, Mike in the first Hall of Fame class is 59. I'm pretty sure it's Mike, and is the only NBA player. And then 1960, um, McCully. Right, correct. McCauley? Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not my. Say, no, it says Macaulay, Macaulay, Ed Macaulay. Um, said second Hall of Famer ever. Does that count for something? Hall of Fame NBA player. Uh, All right, I'm just throwing no, it out there. No. Just throwing it out there. Seven-time All Star, four-time NBA.
0: What if, what if we just title? do? Charlie Scott. It's been a, been a minute since we discussed good old Charlie. Hey, average 27 for the Virginia Squires. This is his first year jumps that up to 34.6 the second year before mid season, skipping town going to go be a good player, an all-star, a twenty-five points per game player for the next three years with Phoenix in the NBA. Um, and then takes takes kind of a more of a backseat role to join Boston in seventy six and, and wins the title as their starting two guard. I had talked myself out of it, but I'll I'll come back. You'll come back? I was way... I was too
1: early on, it, and then I was like, all right, let's reel this in. But I'll, be, I'll come back. 175 is Charlie Scott.
0: It's the bridge between the leagues. All right. That gives our list uh, 25 new players. We've got Stokes, Walter Davis, Matt Calvin, DeMar DeRozan, Brad Doherty, John Wall, Chet Walker, Dennis Rodman, Tom Chambers. At 160, we have Lou Hudson, Larry Nance, Senior, Dave DeBuscher. Bob Danridge, Ralph Sampson, Zelmo Beattie, Jamal Wilkes, Walt Bellamy, Elton Brand, Gilbert Arenas, 170, we have Latrell Sprewell, Darren Williams, Baron Davis, Gus Johnson, Larry Faust, Charlie Scott. Sounds
1: great, Nate. We have 76 players left. We have unranked for the 25 spots available. And then we'll uh, do more player rankings out to the top 75 for each position. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, Aaron, where can the people find you? Possible Chairs on TikTok. You can find me at Hoops Temple on TikTok, Twitter, Temple at gmail.com. Also, shout out to Hoop Social for giving us the live stream capabilities to uh, get this recorded. So, yeah, check us out on YouTube.